0: This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Len litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Len Levy.
1: Thank you, Darrell. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution, which today is brought to you in part by Lawyer Pacific Insurance Brokerage Inc and ADR Services, Inc. Today, uh, we will be discussing a topic that uh, is going to be very helpful, I think, to attorneys. And uh, it is how to transition people's interests when the discussion is about money. And we are indeed fortunate today to have a I, I always hesitate to use the phrase old friend, but we've been friends for a long time. And uh, it's Lee, Lee J. Berman. And for those of you who don't know Lee J. Berman, you're missing out on quite a bit. Uh, Lee J., aside from being a full-time mediator for 27 years and a pioneer in the, in the mediation uh, profession, Lee Jay has mediated over 2,600 matters, many of which were are profi- high-profile cases. Uh, he is on an incredible number of, 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 of panels, American Arbitration Association panel. Uh, he's a master mediator on that panel. He's a distinguished fellow with the International Academy of Mediators, a charter diplomat of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals, and he's certified by the International Mediation Institute and a dispute resolution expert with the United Nations Development Program. He's been named as Distinguished Neutral of the Year by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has received the, the prestigious Cloak Millen Award this just this past, this year, actually. Uh, from the Southern California Mediation Association and is a respected trainer, uh, founded the American Institute of Mediation and has trained an absolutely incredible number of people who are in the profession now. As a matter of fact, I don't think I know anyone who is uh, mediating today who hasn't received at least some training from Lee J. Berman? Lee J., thank you for coming onto the show, and I uh, I really appreciate that that you are here with us.
2: Oh, well, that's just so kind, and I want to thank everybody for coming. I guess it's all the time we have. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I continue no, talking you so about much.
1: your background, I think we would we, we would have run out of time. But um, <laughs> t- 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 let let me ask you. Let's start out. We're going to have a conversation about mediation and about the the topic. But I, I I want to kind of get an idea from from Lee Jay and give everyone an idea. What was the landscape of mediation at the time you first became familiar with the profession?
2: Oh, what a great question, Len! It has changed so much. So. Uh, early on the Southern California Mediation Association where all the mediators gathered in the, the Southern California area was about 50% lawyers and 50% non-lawyers um, but partly that's because mediation was coming up from the grassroots and had been established already obviously in labor law and unions and then also in divorce and family law but it was new to general civil litigation and to business and and settling insurance claims and all those sorts of things. So I don't think anybody knew at that point 27 years ago how it was going to evolve. And then of course the LA Superior Court System uh, in 95 started its court annexed mediation program where judges could order cases out to mediation and at its peak over its 17 year span, that program averaged as many as 30,000 cases out to mediation every year. so All of a sudden, the pipeline of what mediation was going to be kind of channeled through the court and um, it became sort of more legally minded, I think, than, than folks might have anticipated from the start, because we thought it was going to be an alternative. And it, it, instead, it's sort of embedded in the legal system, and I think it's working all that way.
1: Right. And, and the, the transition has been uh, such that a, a lot of the mediators that are uh, that that started out in, in the profession were had backgrounds that were not necessarily that of lawyers,
2: right? True. Very true. Very true. And i mean, you know you had psychologists and couple counselors who had come from the forces that were you know getting into family businesses and and probate and trust work and all that sort of thing. And you had like former hospital executives who were doing healthcare disputes and, and all of those sorts of things. But um, I, I, I have found that because the courts are the ultimate venue of adjudication, unless of course someone's going to arbitration, that ultimately understanding the legal process and how a case is gonna play out in front of a jury is important no matter what the venue, even if it's a, a pre-litigation workplace, executives aren't talking to each other, and they call a mediator in, that mediator still has to know and be familiar with the employment law, the current cases, and, and how that case would play out if somebody went forward and sued for discrimination and a lawful termination eventually, or something like that. So I just, I think having uh, a legal understanding and a legal mindset around resolving disputes is kind of a shadow within which I think we all work.
1: Right right and, and many people perceive mediation in ways that may not be quite accurate uh, for for example uh, a lot of people I, a, it, I think in a mediation i had yesterday somebody said oh well this is this is the idea here is for both sides to lose uh, <laughs> how, how how is that wrong
2: Oh, man, I, I, I just you know we tease that a lot of our colleagues who come from the bench especially because they've been doing settlement conferences their whole careers rather than mediations where you can't have win-win solutions true like one plus one equals three kinds of outcomes. Um, but those who come from the bench especially kind of coined this phrase that a good settlement is one where everybody walks away equally unhappy. And. Happy. and I think where you and I differ from that lens is we look at the whole breadth of potential outcomes that can come from a conflict. And sometimes that is just a compromise. It's taking a machete to a pile of money and saying you get this much you keep that much or whatever. But if that's all a mediator is focused on, and frankly, if it's all the council are focused on, then there's any opportunity at all for collaboration and for finding a solution that wins for everybody in business cases uh, it certainly doesn't happen every day or every week but you and i can count the multitude of
1: Jay, we're going to get into that more, but right right now, um, we're going to take a, a little break. You're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Our guest is Lee J. Berman, and we are chatting about uh, the transition to interests, and we're going to get to that as soon as we get back. Thank you.
0: Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in Resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com.
3: Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation-only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States, with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, NADN.org is the most widely visited Neutrals database in the world today, with over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for Neutrals by many criteria, including location, case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.nadn.org today. Hi, I'm Glenn Levy, and
1: you are on Masters of Dispute Resolution. I am chatting today with Lee J. Berman and we are going to hear some insights on transitioning from people's interests when the discussion is about money the idea here is to in mediation the idea is to satisfy people's interests and to come as close as possible to satisfying everyone's interests that that lee jay has just explained is the, the the creation of more of a win-win than what has been described as a uh, everybody walks away unhappy kind of scenario? Uh,
2: is that that's
1: pretty much correct, Jay?
2: Exactly. You know, if, if folks are looking at a compromised outcome, mm-hmm. um, just you know, simply looking at some money and who gets to keep how much, it's you know, a zero-sum kind of negotiation that puts a lid on how creative a mediator or counsel can be in a case and and i'll tell you what i have found that some truly the best resolutions that have come out of the mediations i've done have all happened when i've just had great attorneys at the table who are creative
1: okay and and those creative attorneys uh have they been basically mirroring the lessons that we have Picked up from uh, Fisher and Uri's "Getting to Yes" or "Getting Past No."
2: Yes, that's a lot of it. So Definitely looking at people's interests more than just the outcome. And I'll give you a great example. So there was a real estate matter that I was mediating one time. Um, there was uh, uh, it's been years, and I don't remember all the specifics of the case, but there was money in the middle. They were trying to figure out, and you know, the the one side was saying well, it wasn't our fault. We didn't do anything wrong. We don't think we have any liability. This goes forward, blah blah blah. Uh, but they did, and they knew that they did. They were just sort of bluffing. The attorney on the other side said, "Look, here's here's what we can do. We'll take title to the property. We'll give them a note. We'll finance it at eight percent, but we'll give them the next five years to pay it off." Because he understood that they were in a cash flow bind, and that that's what was keeping them in this defensive position rather than allowing him to come forward with some sort of a settlement offer. And while we negotiated the the interest rate down a little bit, it was still a very lucrative deal for his client who got paid top dollar at the end of the day because he gave him time to pay it off. It's a a simple example, but what it did was, was meet the other side where they were at and heard the unspoken that they were saying that basically they didn't have the money and would be happy to offer up a settlement if it could be done in a way that they could manage. And so he saw through that. And he went right to, here's what we would be able to do to help you come to a settlement in this. And just that mindset, that, that putting your, your focus in the other room and what they need rather than just in your room and what you need. Of course, I'm assuming folks are in separate rooms and, you know, as they so often are in the cases we need you. But But just in other people's interests and in addressing those our help, or because they can do it by themselves, is absolutely the thing that makes all the
1: difference. I find. Well, centering on money, certainly only on money, uh, certainly limits the party's ability to resolve the dispute. And uh, very often, well, we are as mediators in in the role of coach, right? I mean, that's our yes. essentially we're coaching a negotiation.
2: Uh, so, so when I think you and I think of it that way And frankly, as I've traveled and spoken with mediators you know, Around town here in Southern California And also across the country I don't think most mediators think of it that way I think that's the place where where you're unique And uh, I think that gives you the ability to be more creative with people And to help them through a negotiation
1: And, and essentially though we're not trying to impose our own idea of what a result should be, right? I mean, that's correct. That that is kind of. I see that as kind of the death of 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 a negotiation. Um, I've I've talked to some retired judges. Uh, one in particular who said, "Well, you know, I just read the briefs." I, I I look at it as to how I would decide it if I was in court and and try to sell the parties on it. Uh, yeah, that that eliminates the idea of, of, of interest, doesn't
2: it exactly and entirely. And so then I had an experience one time where I was actually retained by one side in a mediation, not to be the mediator, but to be their negotiation coach in their room and they actually turned to me and asked me to do the opening presentation to the retired judge mediator, and we did, and we explained, you know, connected all the dots and gave him a nice bullet outline and all of that. He we went in the other room, and he walked back into our room. Our opening demand had been like a million six or something. He came back into our room and said, yeah, I'm thinking about 300. And I looked at him and said, based on what? And he right. said exactly what you just said, Len. If I were on the bench, that's what I would think a good settlement would be in this case. Right. And I said, but you haven't come back with, with any discussion about what, we, what we're interested in, what we'd like to see happen, uh, right. about why you don't think our, all of our points are salient. You know, but he went, he went right to value, because that's, I think, what he thought he was being paid to do. Or certainly that's the extent to which he you know, felt capable right. of, of doing between us. Well, basically,
1: you're you're overlooking the meat of the yeah. of the entire problem. Uh, the yeah. there are often and and I think I I I heard this this phrase probably when I first went through mediation training with Randy Lowry and um, and Jeff Crivis and uh, and and Peter Robinson was there as well. Uh,
2: all of our good friends
1: yeah right and it eliminates below the line issues uh and can can you explain what what the importance of below the line
2: issues are great question yeah so the line that we're speaking of is the line between people's positions you know what they're sort of banging the table saying they want versus their interest which is really about why they want it so the position might be, we want a million six, but the interests are why we want that. Uh, you know, it, it, we forget sometimes that we're constrained by our system, our legal system, where you can go in, and with the exception of a couple of things like specific performance or you know, um, you know, things like that, by and large, when you sue somebody, you can win or lose money. And so we're in the habit, I think, of reducing what somebody wants from the other side into dollars, because ultimately, that's what the court system would allow us to, to pursue. But sometimes people want things different than that. They want something restored, or they you know, want something as simple as an apology. And sometimes it's not even about
1: One of the things that uh, that's a challenge at, at, and I, I found it to be a challenge when I try to impart that concept to my students. I, I teach at, at Loyola, I teach ne- negotiations uh-huh. class and distinguishing between positions and interests are, uh, it, it, it's a concept that some people have difficulty grasping, but yeah. uh, when we start getting into a negotiation that's hot and heavy about money, uh, well, we're going to, I, I'll, I'll tell you, we are this is going to take a few more minutes to discuss. So what we're going to do uh, is we are going to take a break now. You're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Uh, I'm chatting with Lee J. Berman about uh, the transition from a discussion of pe- about people's positions on money to uh, getting to interests. and when we return, Lee J. is going to provide some new highlights, I'm sure, for a lot of people uh, in the audience, and uh, we will be back This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io.
0: Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there's so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage. And with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you won't have to. Their professional liability experts shop California's leading professional liability carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the right price. Lawyer Specific founders Alan Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest rated providers of lawyers' professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California and find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to lawyerspecific.com and click Request a Quote.
1: Good morning, everyone, and this is Len Levy on PodClips.io. We are a Masters of Dispute Resolution, and I'm chatting with Lee J. Berman about a variety of topics in in mediation, but we're focusing today on transitioning from discussions of money to discussions of of satisfying people's interests. Um, Lee J., what we have in the middle of the mediation very often is what some people refer to as impasse. And uh, (laughs) usually the impasse is this person wants a million and the other side is willing to only or only pay uh, $600,000. So there's impasse Uh, is focusing on interest or can you describe how focusing on interest will help get past this whole idea of impasse? Some people, by the way, sure, don't believe sure. that there is such a concept or really <laughs> that there is such a, uh, a, a that it's a real thing to have impasse.
2: So I know you're playing with me because you know I wrote an article called impasse as a fallacy years ago. <laughs> um, and I, I, I believe to a great degree it is. Um, what it is to me, I think, is that people haven't yet come to a way of understanding the dispute in the same way. And sometimes that's about evidence and what witnesses would testify to and all of that. Uh, but sometimes it's also just about what the impact is on a, on a person. Um, so focusing on interest allows us to look sometimes at non-economic solutions. And other times it helps us um, by figuring out what's driving a person. So i mediated, for example, um, it was a, a wrongful death case in a hospital, in a medical malpractice case. And the woman who was bringing the case, it was the daughter of the deceased, brought the case in part because she felt like the hospital had done wrong and that the family should be compensated because her mom was gone sooner than she thought she should have been. Um, but also what she wanted was change the way the nurses in that hospital were dealing with the patient and also for them to put a system in place so that when they took their break somebody knew who the nurse was who was going to be taking their place in case an emergency happened. So she went through that a couple of times with her mom during that extended stay before her mom passed. So mm-hmm. While the, the dollar amount had a bust like the one you described where there was just a, a, a chasm between what each side in valuing the case that are willing to offer or accept. What came out of it was she was able to have a conversation directly with the hospital personnel who were at the mediation, with lawyers in the room and with the mediator facilitating, where she was able to say, I think you need a system that does this, 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 and the hospital frankly said, you're right, we should have that. Some of it we have in place, it's not being followed, and some of it isn't in place and should be. So they sat together, I had great hospital reps in this case, and it was a risk manager, and it was also the head of um, nursing, the, the chief nursing officer for the hospital. And they sat together with her and said, what would you like to see in your ideal world? Which takes a lot of patience when somebody is suing you, right, to have that conversation. But they were they crafted together a procedure that the hospital agreed that they would take back and run through the proper channels. And then initiate so that when nurses go on breaks, there's you know there's a round where they go to all the patients' rooms and say, "This is Sally. She's going to be filling in for you while I'm on my break." And you know, if you need anything, you know, here's her number or whatever. And put all that in place, as well as arranging for the nurses' breaks to be more proper under the the, the current guidelines for employment and and all of that, which they weren't either at the time. So uh, they. Sometimes people want to see change, or, you know, common phrase you and I hear all the time, Len, is, I just want to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else. Right. So in employment cases, it, it may include that the offending person who, who perhaps is a multi-time offender go to sexual harassment awareness training and, you know, things like that, or have a personal coach assigned, or their behavior can actually change so it doesn't just happen to the next person who sits in that chair and works
1: Change, LJ, How do you change the discussion? I mean, because uh, you know, you take a, a mediation. You're going back and forth, X dollar, Y dollar, X dollar, mm-hmm. Y dollar, and and mm-hmm. uh, you might try different techniques, bracketing or this. How do you transition? Because it seems to me that one of the things necessary in order to transition is to first recognize that the interests are not being satisfied by the payment of money. How, how do you gain that perception? How could attorneys gain that perception? And how do you transition? Uh,
2: great question. And uh, again, um, so at the Pepperman program, for example, I, I used to say we almost need especially, but attorneys also, should have a GPS system in their brain that says, am I above the line, where we're just talking about how much, or am I below the line exploring those interests that we've been talking about? Um, So if you're talking about bracketing, for example, that's just about the numbers. That's how do we make the numbers work better so that there's a number we can agree on, but it doesn't touch on what people's interests are. So I find there are three questions, real quickly, that by asking them, it helps us get down to people's interests. So the first I always ask, you know, they say, I want a million dollars. They say, what about that is so important to you? And they'll say, because they need to get the message that this is a serious case and they really do wrong and they're gonna be held accountable for this. So then the second question that sounds very similar is "But specifically, what about that is so important to you? So that's a different question because it makes them look inward instead of outward at the hospital or the insurance company or whoever. Um, when we say, what about it's so important to you, they're going to say companies have to stop you know doing this stuff and thinking they can just get away with it. And you know, those sorts of things that they're going to start to tell you their feelings about the situation and what, and, and disclosing to all of us what's driving it for them. So then, The third question really is the same sort of, but but what would you like to see happen
1: Engage that, at that, that point in, in, that. in more problem-solving type of negotiations, as opposed to a a more competitive kind of treating it as if it's a uh, fixed pie situation, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. And when, you know, mediators like you look through several different lenses at a problem, mm-hmm. and and this is one of the reasons you're successful in your practice because. You've got the ability to see a case through the legal lens and do the legal and risk analysis of it and and figure that part out. And also through kind of the psychological lens to understand what's going on with the people in front of you and what they're expressing and not expressing that they need. And then also through like the business lens because you've got that background where you can look at a business deal uh, and say, what's wrong with this and what does it need in order to work for everybody? And what are the impacts of this going to be? I mean, it's a partnership dissolution. Right. You know, where are the clients going to go? Where are the employees going to go of this company? How's this going to reflect on the, the company's, um, you know, PR and and all right. of that and the reputation in the business? You, you can see this through all these different lenses, and that gives you so much more flexibility to to help people be creative.
1: BJ, th- th- we are we are pretty much out of time, and I thank you <laughs> for helping ev- everyone who is listening to this this podcast. Think about those kinds of things that can get them to be a little bit more creative uh, with their clients. Understanding their clients' interests, uh, I think, is is a good start, and. Listening to what Lee J has to say is certainly going to be, uh, I think, extremely valuable to to everyone. So, Lee J, uh, before we before we go, how can listeners best contact you?
2: Uh, the easiest way is by email. Just L E E J A Y at l-e-e-j-a-y-d-e-r-m-a-n dot com. Just L E E J O B E J dot com.
1: Thank you, Lee J. and thank you again so much for this conversation. I hope you'll be back as a guest in the future. We've talked about that. Uh, we're going to make it happen. And uh, thank you, Daryl Wayne, our engineer and um, pr- and producer on this, this segment. I'm Len Levy, and this is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io, powered by Infigen Labs, Inc. Stay well. Keep listening and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved.
0: If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at adrservices.com, through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com, telephone him at 818-903-5562, or contact his case manager at ADR Services, 213-683-1600.